When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 210 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a bi-weekly show about eco-friendly and minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing all things soap making. I received an email from Sonia asking about soap making, so I'm going to go ahead and read her email, and then I'm going to answer the question. So here's the email. Hi, Stephanie. I just finished listening to your bonus episode on essential oils, and I have to ask about your homemade soap recipe. I've been thinking about making my own for a while, So after hearing you mention it, I wanted to ask if you're going to discuss the subject in an episode as well. It would be interesting to see if there's a minimalist and safe way of making homemade soaps. Thanks, Sonia. All right, Sonia, I should say right off the bat that I have been meaning to cover this topic on this podcast for at least two and a half years. So I'm so happy you asked this question. I took a soap making class through my town's adult education center, and in the class, we made just one type of soap. I need to say at the outset that I am not a saponification expert. (laughs) And by the way, your SAT word of the day is indeed saponification. Saponification means the chemical process of making soap. Saponification. I love that word. So the instructions I'm giving you today are for cold process soap making, which means that no external heat is used in the process of making this soap. All the heat comes from the chemical reaction of adding lye to water. Now, if you hear the word lye and you automatically get scared, I should pause and I should say that lye can be dangerous, but it doesn't have to be, especially if you take proper precautions. In fact, I had always assumed that soap making was difficult and dangerous and tricky, but it's actually the complete opposite. I was, and I continue to still be every time I make it, shocked at how unbelievably simple it is to make soap at home. It's really just a matter of gathering your ingredients and supplies, measuring the ingredients out ahead of time, mixing them together in the right order, and pouring it into the mold. That's all soap making is. It's really, 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 truly that simple. So Sonia, you wondered whether there was a minimalist and safe way to make soap at home. We're going to get into the safety precautions in a minute, but let's touch on the minimalist aspect first. Like any DIY project, soap making requires A lot of ingredients, yes, but a lot of kitchen tools that you're never going to want to use again around food. 
So some of those supplies are a silicone or a stainless steel spoon, not a plastic spoon. If you use one that you have in your kitchen for soap making, you're never going to use it for food again, okay? Another supply that you will need is a stainless steel bowl or a heavy-duty plastic bowl. That's plastic number two or plastic number five. If you use a flimsy plastic bowl, it may melt when you add the lye to the water, okay? You're also going to need an immersion blender. You're never going to use it for food again, remember. So I should say I did not want to spend $40 on a new immersion blender just to use for soap. So I asked in my local Buy Nothing group if anybody had one, and I had a working immersion blender the next day. There are some items that you likely already have and can use again, such as a kitchen scale, such as measuring cups, such as an apron. You can use those again after you make your soap. And then you're also going to need essential safety equipment. You're going to need goggles or safety glasses. You're going to need rubber or latex gloves. And you're going to need, I would suggest, a long sleeve shirt. Now, you're going to need to buy some stuff, too. You likely don't already have a soap mold, let's say. They're not expensive, but if you're not sure if you're going to ever make soap again, perhaps you don't buy a soap mold. Perhaps you borrow from somebody else, or even better, perhaps you ask your local soap maker whether you can come and watch them make a batch, right? That would be a smarter way to make soap without buying all the stuff, especially if you know you're not going to make soap ever again. Try it before you buy it. So that's the minimalist aspect. There's also the safety aspect to making soap. I did mention that you must wear goggles and you must wear gloves, and I do suggest long sleeves. I'd also suggest that there's, so there's only one part of the soap making process that's dangerous, and that's when you mix the lye with the water. That's where the chemical reaction occurs. So I suggest that when you mix the lye with the water, and I should say when you add the lye to the water, you don't add the water to the lye, you add the lye to the water, you do it outside. If outside isn't available to you, then you should definitely do it in an extremely well-ventilated area. Open the windows, turn on the fan above the stove, make sure the area is well-ventilated. Do not include your kids in the soap making. I do not believe that cold process soap making is suitable for young children. But do know that if you're careful and if you're slow in your mixing, cold process soap making shouldn't be dangerous. All right, so you've gathered your supplies. You have all your safety precautions in place. You are ready to make your soap. I'm going to get into exactly how to make the soap, what you mix into what, how you do it, what the process is, what the steps are. But first, I want to talk to you about Four Days, the sponsor of this episode. And today, I'd like to highlight my absolute favorite product, their Take Back Bag. It's a great product for newbies or pros, and it's particularly great for parents who are looking to sustainably get rid of stained or ripped kids' clothes. According to the Council for Textile Recycling, the average consumer throws away 70 pounds, oh my goodness, 70 pounds of textiles every year, and Four Days created their take-back bag to help tackle clothing waste. Just fill it up with clothes in any condition from any brand and send it to them with the prepaid shipping label. So all those clothes you can't donate or resell because they're stained or ripped or worn, 
This is how you keep them out of landfills and how you prevent excess CO2 emissions. The best part is you get an instant credit as a thank you for doing it. Pretty neat, right? Get 15% off your take back bag or any of four days' sustainable clothing with code MINIMAL15. That is fourdays.com with code MINIMAL15 at checkout. Okay, so now we're going to make some soap. Now, I should say that if you want the exact recipe I use with all the numbers and formulas, just reach out to me. I'm happy to give it to you. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm not going to say take... 16 ounces of so-and-so and and mix it with eight ounces of so-and-so, simply because I just don't think that makes for great podcast listening. But again, if you want my recipe, I'm super happy to give it to you. Just reach out. The way to do that is in this week's show notes. I will say that the recipe that I use, and if you want it, again, reach out, but it uses coconut oil, palm kernel oil, and olive oil. Those are the fats, and you melt them in the microwave and you add them to your big stainless steel bowl. Separately, you're going to weigh your lye pellets, and you are then going to add it to water. Again, don't add water to lye. You add lye to water. And then you're going to mix that slowly until the temperature rises to about 90 or 100 degrees Fahrenheit. This is where you really need to be in a well-ventilated area while that chemical reaction is happening. Best bet, do it outside. If that's not available, make sure you're doing it under some sort of hood or fan. Then you're going to add that lye and water mixture to the melted oils in your big stainless steel bowl, and you're going to mix with the immersion blender for about two minutes, one and a half to two minutes. You'll know that your mixture is ready to be poured into the soap molds when there's a trace, and a trace means you know it if you saw it, but it's when the mixture in the bowl starts to thicken and there's a little trail behind wherever you move the immersion blender. That's called trace. Side note here is that once the mixture has trace, the lye is no longer dangerous, okay? So once the mixture has that trace, that trail, it's no longer dangerous. Now, before pouring this mixture, which is now basically wet soap, into the soap mold, you can add some stuff. You could add oatmeal, or you could add coffee rinds as an exfoliant. You could add flowers from your garden or plants from your yard for aesthetics. I love doing that, by the way. If you want a scent, this is where you would add an essential oil. If you listen to my episode on essential oils, you heard me say that I primarily use essential oils in my house in my soap making. This is the point in the soap making where you would add that essential oil. You can go nuts at this point. You can add titanium dioxide if you want your soap to be white. I should say here as a side note that my soaps always are the color of the olive oil I buy. So if my olive oil is light yellow, my soap comes out light yellow. If my olive oil is dark yellow, the soap is dark yellow. But if you want white soap, you're going to add titanium dioxide. You can add silk fibers to create a silky lather. I've never done that, but you could. You could add clay. Soap making can truly be a way in which you flex your creative muscles if you'd like. So that's it. You pour it into the molds. You let the molds sit undisturbed for 24 hours. And after 24 hours, you remove 
this soap from the mold, and it's going to look like a big, gigantic, hard rectangle's worth of soap. You're going to use your soap knife, which likely came with your soap molds, and you're going to cut this big soap block into 10 one-inch bars for a total of 20 bars of soap. Yes, that's right, 20 bars of soap in this very simple process. You are then going to let these 20 bars of soap sit for two to four weeks to let them cure. Curing means that the excess water evaporates out and so the bars become harder and milder. And then voila, they're ready to be used. Again, soap making is truly as simple as pouring mixtures together in the right order, mixing it, and pouring it into a mold. If that sounds simple to you, if as I was explaining this, it sounds simple to you and you're like, that sounds easy, it really is that easy. It really and truly is. Now, after I took my first and only soap making class, I decided that soap making was so ridiculously easy that I wanted to do it at home and I wanted to do it right then and there. So I acquired what I needed that I didn't already have. I bought the ingredients online and then I went to town. I've made lemongrass soap. I've made eucalyptus soap. I've made lavender soap. And surprise, surprise, family and friends, if you're listening, you will be getting soap for the holidays. (laughs) I'm really excited personally because I don't think I'm ever going to have to buy soap again. And that is just utterly thrilling to me. So Sonia, I hope I gave you some knowledge as you perhaps embark on your own soap making journey. For you, Sonia, and anybody else listening, if you want the recipe, the numbers, I'm happy to give them to you. You can reach out to me on social media. You can email me. Emails in the show notes of this week. But any questions you have as you're making soap, reach out and let me know. I will see you all next Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Thanks for listening and take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.